Hey, Brian. What's up? Uh, I've just been seeing a lot of people give to charities lately, so I'm trying to fit in, but I can't find one that I get anything out of. Um, are you looking for something more than the intrinsic happiness you get from helping others? Yes, yes. I'm dead inside, so I want something tangible. Let's put a pin in that, uh, but I think I have something for you. Have you heard of Hope Clothing here in Kansas City? I have not, but it does sound super cool and hip even. It is. They work with KC tattoo artists who design shirts that benefit local Kansas City charities like Greenworks and Rosebrooks. They even plant a tree for every shirt sold to help the world stop burning. Wow, that is amazing. <laughs> Sounds like I'm going to be paying like $100 for a shirt, though. Way less. In fact, if you use promo code DEBATE10 at checkout, you can save an additional 10%. Uh, I've heard enough. Where can I find these kick-ass shirts? Easy. HopeClothingKC.com. They even offer free shipping. Uh, where? HopeClothingKC.com. Right, but where is that? The internet. Oh, Nice! Okay, that's the end of the bit. HopeClothingKC.com. The promo code is DEBATE10. So we can basically just start out by saying fuck Mason Rudolph. Because it sort of ties into what we're talking sorta, about. Sort of, kind of, yeah. In a way. Is he the jar guy? Yeah, yeah, he's the he's the inventor of the mason jar. Oh. He's the he's the the glass jar that whenever it breaks, it splinters into like a million, a million pieces. small yeah. pieces. Yeah, uh, he's the hipster coffee cup. Guy. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes, Fuck indeed. him. <laughs> you get it. See, so this trash talking is brought to you by Debates on Tap presenting. This is still and another thing, right? But much like you had our Star Wars episode, big long deep dive into into a singular topic. This is a a, a I'd say show or theme we're starting once a month. Right. We're just going to do a big, long, deep dive into something. Mm -hmm. Big and long and deep. That's right. We like to get big, long and deep. Much like last month, we did the Star Wars extravaganza with a couple friends from different podcasts. This month, we're doing a deep dive into the weird, weird world of the NFL and sports. A very and, particular, specific yeah. weird story. Telling a story to our brother Vargas. Now we don't have to pay for it. Thank you. Telling a story to Vargas, who is not as familiar with NFL goings-ons and things of that nature. Yes, I'm not very familiar with the National Footman League. Well, you called touchdowns baskets up until five minutes ago. Yes, because they have to get it through the big fork, the yellow fork. Yeah. And that's the basket. You're so close. Uh, they put up the net behind it and makes the basket. You're almost it's there. Almost there. Uh, for anybody new, uh, I'm Brian. I'm Brendan. And I'm not knowing football Vargas, <laughs> I guess, today. <laughs> you're about to. You're about to, <laughs> you're about to dive into oh it. Because this, this story is it's a fascinating one over, that's happened over many years. Uh, it's, it's a certain individual named Richie Incognito. Um, he is an offensive lineman currently for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders now. And um, yeah, so did he, they really move to Los they, Vegas? They officially moved. Yeah, that's crazy. Yep. So we're gonna dive into Richie Incognito's story, his goings ons in the NFL, his many dips and dives and ducks and dodges throughout the NFL world, and uh, it's a fascinating, weird story. And I think it's the perfect story to kick off this weird NFL journey we're gonna take. Okay, I put on a, a seatbelt on that chair, <laughs> so you're gonna go ahead and need to buckle up. Thank you. Buckle good, right? Safety. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Richard Dominic Incognito Jr. was born July 5th, 1983 in Inglewood, New Jersey, and moved to Glendale, Arizona when he was a preteen. Okay, I'm sorry. Yep. I have a question already. Okay, oh, Jesus let's, let's do it. This is legitimately his name? Richard Dominic Incognito his Jr. Richie Incognito is like his birth his name? God-given okay. name. His father is... It sounds is, like a fake name. Do you guys... I mean, come on. That what sounds are you talking like, about? <laughs> he's, he, did you know he's cousins with Richard Inconspicuous? <laughs> His evil twin is Richard Conspicuous. Right. <laughs> okay. By, by most accounts, as we'll dive into, Incognito was a quiet kid who was prone to fits of anger and rage. Uh, and up front, I want to say all of our sources have come from NFL.com, ESPN.com, SportsIllustrated.com. And as we'll kind of dive into a little bit later, there has been a lengthy tour of atonement by Mr. Incognito. So we'll, we'll dive into a lot of stuff here in a little bit. Okay. In... Darlington's NFL.com profile of Incognito. Prior to the eventual 2013 season, his father, Richard, Richie Sr., discussed Incognito dealing with bullying as a child due to his weight. Quote, I would always tell Richie, you don't take shit from anyone, his father said. If you let anyone give you shit now, you're going to take shit your entire life. And it is safe to assume everyone in his family is named Richie, just so you know, his mother and his <laughs> all his cousins. So it's a George Foreman situation. Yeah. Everybody's named George Foreman. <laughs> exactly. Those words may seem like nothing more than a father trying to help his son through a difficult time, but some of his advice became all too prophetic. Okay, so real quick, just really, really think about what he just said. Never take shit, okay? If you're, yeah. if you're a seven-year-old and you're actually listening to your parents' advice, that's going to make you, anytime someone disagrees with you, you're going to think, I have to end this person's disagreement. And that's probably bad advice to give a seven-year-old. Yes. Just, I mean, again... This is, we'll dive into his home life here in a second, but this is the kind of shit his dad was telling him from a young age, yeah. right? Uh, let's see. I try to cheer him up, Richie, Richard Sr. said. I tell him, payback is going to come, Richie. When it's time for you to have your payback, you open up the gates of hell and make them stare at the devil. When that day came, man, he made them stare at the devil. Quote, his parents were definitely psychotic. You understand why Richie is the way Richie is, said Jim Moore, who is 65 years old. He was Bogota's uh, recreational director who coached youth football when Richie was a boy. His, f- his kid's football coach knew his yeah. parents were insane. <laughs> <laughs> Another coach, Joe Casper, described the elder incognito, a stone and marble mason, as a loudmouth on the sidelines. Others said he mercifully uh, pushed his son, mercilessly pushed his son to perfection. And his mother, Donna, she was an overprotective enabler. Quote, she complained, oh, he punched my kid. She was always whining to the referees. Richie Incognito was once voted the NFL's dirtiest players by his peers and was a softy, known as a softy early on, constantly crying on the sidelines when he was roughed up on the gridiron. His peers voted him. Yes. yes. So like other football guys other were football like, that guy's a dickhead. Routinely yes. voted Richie mm. Incognito as the, one of the dirtiest players in the NFL. That's got to be a rough vote. Casper recalls, he got pushed around frequently on the football field. At times, he'd come back to the sidelines crying. Casper, he coached uh, the 10-year-old on the Bogota Bucks of the Bergen County Junior Football League. There'd be welts all over him. He was getting beat up. The kid definitely had anger issues. He destroyed all his toys, said uh, Bob Mullen, 48, who lived across the street from the Incognitos and eventually bought their old home. When he took down the wallpaper, uh, Mulholland says, he found holes in the wall consistent with punching and kicking. The oversized Incognito was often moved up to play ball with older boys. This caused a lot of problems. Quote, if he stuck out, if he struck out, he'd be upset. He'd cry. That led to other kids to make fun of him. Kids are pretty cool, cruel at that age, and Richie was pretty thin-skinned, said Little League coach Kerry Douche. If you're, the big kid, <laughs> Give me, <come> on. <laughs> if you're the biggest kid on the team and you cry, for the other kids on the team, you're a mark. So he, not only can his neighbor see 
that this kid has probably it's like Sid in Toy Story. All the toys knew that the right. neighbor was insane, but they unwallpapered it. They just wallpapered over his fists and kick marks. Correct. Well, and it sounds like everyone that every adult around this kid is like, oh, that kid's gonna be fucked up. Oh, buckle up. We're we're getting here just for a second. <laughs> yeah. Or two. Yeah. You still buckled in there? <laughs> I'm, I'm clicked in. And then one day the bullying came to an end. There was a smaller kid who was picking on Richie, recalled Seth Bendian, a baseball coach in Inglewood who knew both of the kids in 1993. I found out there was a solution. Richie did what he could do, and which was kick this kid's butt. I'm pretty sure the teasing stopped after that. So great, and nothing bad ever happened to him ever again. <laughs> no, I mean he's. I mean, so that that was the snapping point, right? He got bullied. So what I don't understand is why people pick on the biggest kid when they seem like a softie. Right. Do we know that video where the kid? Have you seen like the little <laughs> tiny stick kid is bullying this huge man of a nine year old, and the kid just picks him up and slams Slam, him yes, down. Slams him down yeah. on the ground. This Why is, would you? This is what. This is hurt. that. I mean, this is that. Yeah, yeah. Don't but, do that. But he didn't just walk away and was like an okay kid afterward. Things. <laughs> oh. So Richie kept growing, and when he was eleven, the family moved to Glendale, Arizona, where his high school football coach Jim Ewan told the Arizona Republic that Incognito wasn't a natural born leader, but he was the biggest and strongest kid in school who worked hard in the weight room. "Quote: I don't think he would have been voted Mister Congeniality, but he got along with everyone." He recalled. And just as a further taste of his parents' family dynamic, Incognito's parents were separated prior to his father's death in 2018. And his father had taken a restraining order out on his ex-wife because she threatened to put a bullet in his brain during a fight. Ah. So this is the dynamic perfect. Richie was kind of growing up in, okay? A loving home you always yeah. want to come home to after being bullied. Richie yeah. Sr. alleged in June that his wife told him to put, quote, to put a bullet in a gun and put it in my head and pull the trigger, according to court documents. After I said never, Donna Incognito said she put the bullet in the gun and put it in my head and wanted to pull the trigger. She said that she would collect insurance and said she was the beneficiary. I told her my son, Richie Jr., is my beneficiary, not her. When asked for comment, Donna, who lives in Creskill, New Jersey, told the New York Post, quote, you put whatever you need to put out, but trust me, I'm coming back at you, buddy. It's the weirdest, no, fuck you, (laughs) that that there's ever been. (laughs) Jesus. So... Incognito, he was played football through high school. He was a very uh, noted as like a number one prospect. So moving on to college, it didn't take long for Incognito to establish himself as a problem child at Nebraska University. He entered the program as a highly touted offensive line prospect in 2002 and almost immediately made out of enemy out of a fellow offensive lineman who was a walk-on named Jack Limbaugh. Ah, did he uh, rush onto the field? Oh, you got it. You didn't think I was going to be able to (laughs) slip a rush Limbaugh joke in here, huh? That's nice. David Kowalski, who was a long snapper and center for the Huskers from 98 through 2002, wrote an expose entitled Diary of a Husker Following His Time with a Team. In this book, Kowalski talks about an incident early in the 2002 season when Incognito targeted Limbaugh on the practice field for no apparent reason and would hit and target him repeatedly, also fighting and continuing to play after a whistle was blown. Part of the voting him the dirtiest player, right? There's a thing where you respect the whistle most of the time, and if he was never doing that, yeah, apparently unless it's your own team, then yes, again, all this rules is are off. They have not played a down of football yet. Yeah. <laughs> this is his freshman year, and he's already going on the practice field fighting other teammates. And and I mean, throughout all this time, I'm assuming he's still like the big dude on the field. He's right? gigantic. Like At he's, this time, he's about six foot three, three hundred pounds. Yeah, so he's, he's a not, big dude. Yeah. Yeah. Even even in college, he's still like a big dude. Right. There's okay. a funny. There's a picture of him like one of like a picture from like a game where he is like towering over people, and mm-hmm. it's insane. So, uh, Kalowski, this long snapper, said that this led to Limbaugh leaving the practice field in anger. 
Quote, Richie was a guy who came in with all the talent in the world, and Jack was an easy mark for a guy like Richie who came across as a bully. Jack was just a walk-on just trying to make the team. There was a bit of the kind of bullying with Jack. He didn't appreciate it, but in that culture, you don't run and cry to the co- coaches. And remember, nine-year-old Ricky, Richie, Dicky. I'm going to call him little Dicky <laughs> from now on. Nine-year-old little Dicky would always run and cry. Yeah, so. yeah. Even so, Incognito went on to have a great 2002 season as he garnered first-team all-freshman honors from a number of publications. But he also offered a glimpse into his troubled future that season when he was ejected from Nebraska's game against Penn State, which was a blowout, for fighting with uh, Nittany Lion Jeremiah Davis. Uh, for fighting. Uh, Nittany Lion Jeremiah Davis uh, accused uh, Incognito of spitting on players during his second game of his college career. Second spitting game of his college career was spitting on players. He was later suspended by then-Nebraska head coach Frank Solick uh, during the spring of 2003, according to Associated Press via uh, SI.com, although the reasoning has never been sus- explained about that suspension. I have an idea that it might have been because he's an insane person. <laughs> Richie. Yeah. yeah. Little, little Dicky. <laughs> little little dicky. dicky. During the suspension, Incognito, or after the suspension was, uh, was going on, Incognito was reinstated in time to start every game for the 2003 season for the Huskers. He once again found himself in trouble following that campaign, however, as he was found guilty of misdemeanor assault charges stemming from an incident that occurred at a party in February 2004. Per the Associated Press, and he began accusing, again, of spitting on players during a bowl game. Jesus Christ. Little dicky sucks, man. (laughs) He can't not be a dick. Correct. Okay. So this was all presumably a huge factor in Bill Callahan's decision to suspend Incognito indefinitely when he took over as Nebraska's head coach prior to the 2004 season. Uh, Callahan is quoted as saying, we have team rules. They're very simple to follow. If they're not followed and they're not complied with, then you suffer the consequences, unfortunately. Yeah, rule number one, don't spit on people, right? (laughs) Well, that's rule three. (laughs) Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, rule number one, don't target your own teammates. That's well, that's number two. <laughs> rule number one is don't pull your dick out on the field. Oh, right. yeah. Did he break that one? Not yet. We Not can't... yet. We, who knows? Oh, Buckle up. Great. So second college stint. Incognito's second suspension while at Nebraska ultimately led, ultimately led him to leaving the school entirely and enrolling at Oregon. Incognito joined the Ducks under conditions set forth by then-Ducks head coach Mike Bellotti, according to, according to Associated Press, quote, my point is he will not represent the University of Oregon on the football field until next year. If he makes it through everything we do, he is committed to it. His parents are committed to it. He'll be going through certain things that will help if he has anger management issues. Despite this new lease on lice, Incognito's time with Oregon didn't last long. Bellotti, the coach, was willing to give Incognito a chance, but he didn't make the commitment to bettering himself that the Oregon coaching staff wanted to see. Quote, he was talented but came with issues. He claimed they were in the past. And he was set, uh, set forth a code of conduct he had, had to meet. He failed that before fall camp. So that's three. That's three. That's three big chances with big fucking schools. Well, Nebraska, yeah, and, Nebraska Oregon. and Oregon. And big he, schools And in he football. never played it down for the Oregon Ducks. He didn't even make it to the training camp during think, the summer. But, and he, only, he made it two years through Nebraska, mm-hmm. right? And w- he got kicked off of... Off of Nebraska's team, he, right? Yeah, he got suspended. Definitely, he yeah. said, "Fuck it, I'm going to go. I'm going so, to transfer to Oregon." And he Oregon never set it down. forth like standards yeah. and rules. He agreed to him. His parents agreed to him. He didn't even make it that far, and then was kicked off the team before the fall season. Jesus Christ! Well, part of his issues at Oregon were he was dehydrated from spitting on everyone. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But th- I mean, these coaches—it's because he was so talented. And sure. I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. Also, white. Right. It was because he was so white and talented that he that coaches were willing to be like, look, if you don't fuck up for a month, give it a month, yeah. you can play for yeah, us. Yeah. But he, he just couldn't fucking do it. 
Even I mean, he was even there's even rumors, and I think even things people said like during that second suspension for Nebraska, uh-huh. uh, Nebraska recommended him go to a psychiatric treatment facility, and I think from everything I've read, he went to a psychiatric hospital for a little bit during the stint. I mean, I so half of me says it's good that he's being given these opportunities right. to better himself personally. The other half of me is saying, why? <laughs> again, talent. Everybody's this is something, yeah, we'll, we'll come up, again, we'll, we'll kind of circle around to this thing a couple times. So, so remember, so he was in two colleges, mm-hmm. never played a down of football. Well, I mean, he, he played his first bowl, year, then a little yeah. bit of the second. But remember that, two <laughs> yeah, colleges, yeah. not yeah. a lot of football played. Right. Right. So despite all this, this could easily have been the end of the line for his football career. But the St. Louis Rams giving a new, gave him a new lease on life when they selected him to the third round of the 2005 NFL Draft. Incognito appeared to prove the Rams right through the first few seasons of his career as he started primarily at guard from 2006 to 2009. Sorry, pause one more time. Mm-hmm. Did he graduate from anywhere? Nope. No, you don't need to for football. He's, he's just, just a, play. He's just a yeah. You can technically junior. in football in in, in yeah. like college football. Yeah, yeah. Like you can technically leave in your junior year and declare for the draft, and that's what he did. Cool. Yep. He knew where his strengths are. <laughs> so. During this time span, Incognito didn't make any headlines off the field at all, but his hot-headed behavior on the field cost his team dearly. He committed 38 penalties while with the Rams, including a league-high seven personal fouls. Over that's, three years. Over there, three yeah. years. That's oh, insane that's, for so one a, player. It's more than 10 a year. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not, I mean, yes. And then more than two personal fouls a year, which you, normally if a player gets one or two a year, they're probably that's pretty bad. dirty. Yeah. Ah, uh, I mean, Jesus Christ. Hey, he's setting records. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so things came to a head quite literally late in the 2009 season during a 47-7 loss to the Tennessee Titans. Incognito was twice flagged for headbutting Titans players, and he also got into a verbal spat with the then Rams head coach, Steve Spagnolia. How dare he argue with Spags? Who is now the current Keys, uh, <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs defensive coordinator. Video is available of this fight, and it's pretty hairy, especially like his like argument with the Spagnuolo on, on the sidelines. He had to be separated. It was it's intense. Was his when he headbutted? Did he, both players have their helmets on? Oh yeah, yeah. What yeah. a dumb fucking. That's yeah. like punching a heart. Like <laughs> when they try to punch each other and they have helmets on. Yeah, yeah. and they play for the Rams. That's, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Right. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk reported that Incognito was subsequently released. Incognito caught, out, caught on with the Buffalo Bills for the remainder of the season for the final three games. Okay, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. One more thing. This is 2009? 2009. How old is he at this point? Uh, he would have been... Young. Prob- yeah, he would probably been like 23, 24. If, if, oh, yeah, because so yeah. he was a junior on, in 2006 when he entered yeah. the league. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, he's probably... Yeah, he's, he's about 20. Yeah, or early 20s at this point. Barely a person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Uh, so for the final three games of the Buffalo Bills. But Buffalo decided against re-signing him, even though he played well in those final three games with the team. By the time Incognito signed with the Dolphins in 2010, his options were running pretty thin. Basically, from all the reports, Dolphins were the only ones willing to give him a chance. Because they're the Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> According to NFL.com, he had previously resisted medication to aid his mental state. Although he was never diagnosed with a mental disorder, he began taking Paxil, which is antidepressant, uh, when he came to Miami. And he believed that helped him make a 100-degree turn. Quote, throughout my career, people had mentioned, maybe you need to start taking some medication just to kind of get things balanced out because you're so far out of whack. I kept saying, I don't want to live like that. I don't want to have to depend on medicine to balance me out, end quote. Uh, Incognito says he wouldn't give them the power. And at that point, when he got to Miami and realized that this was his last opportunity, that's when he was like, you know what? I'm going to do whatever it takes to make me right. I put my trust in the doctors and I put trust in the people around me. Now, wait, I know it sounds crazy, 
But what if you got help from a medical <laughs> professional? No, 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 give me no, my helmet. No, I got no. a wall. There's a wall. I got to hit it and then headbutt it, coach. <laughs> oh, and then I'm going to fight you, coach. Correct. Uh, Incognito admits that he had previously abused marijuana, which, as we know, is not uh, something that would make your mental state go out of whack and cause you to fight people and aggression and things like that. But he told uh, Darlington from NFL.com that he'd been clean for four years. Quote, the whole time I realized I was self-medicating. I had so much going on in my head, emotional stress, physical stress. I had so much going on that I was using pot just to put it all away. You know, I'd get high and forget about everything. You know what I mean? I lost total control of the situation. I let substances take over my life. It's such a it's such a cop out to say I'm stressed and I was high and drunk. Yeah. It's such a goddamn cop out for any real issue and right. progress to be. And let me tell you, the circle won't be unbroken because this excuse will come up a couple more times. <laughs> <laughs> the medication and lack of reliance on drugs seem to be working. Incognito was staying out of trouble off the field and excelling in the 2010-2011 seasons, but cracks in the dam began to become evident in the offseason 2012. According to Greg Rosenthal of NFL.com, Incognito was allegedly involved in altercation at Club Live in Miami in June 2012. He wasn't arrested or booked, and he claimed that he was simply trying to break up a fight between his friends and security guard Carlos Joseph. Per reports, last August, Incognito was involved with a fight with a security guard at the posh Live nightclub in Miami Beach. Per the report from the NY Post, quote, his group of friends were getting too close to the stage and security asked them to step back. Then they all were belligerent, yelling obscenities, and a fight broke out. That's when Rich, Richie jumped in the mix, all six foot three, 300 pounds of him, and things went downhill from there, said a club employee. Well, yeah, I can't imagine yeah. it would go downhill when he got involved. Uh, the club employee goes on to say he was cussing a lot, saying, fuck you and fuck that. You know, he's a football player. He thinks he's better than everyone else, and he just couldn't understand why we were kicking him out. Incognito, again, was not arrested for this brawl. Wait, are you saying football players have egos? <laughs> <laughs> they think they deserve things? Doesn't sound like the NFL no, I know. No, it doesn't sound like uh, this weird thing we're talking about. Also in that year, in May uh, of 2012, Incognito reportedly, reportedly harassed a female volunteer at a teen-sponsored golf tournament by touching her privates at the golf club. Well, that is such a weird <laughs> goddamn way to be a pervert. He's just <laughs> yeah. touching her. Here, I'm going to touch you with my one wood so I can get a little wood. Well, it sounds like something <laughs> you, you would do. <laughs> yeah, that is good. Sounds like something you would do to your buddy. Like to try and fuck them up Correct. at a mini golf yes. course. Not a female you don't know. I mean that, yes. <laughs> right. Um, quote, after that, he proceeded to lean up against her buttocks with his private parts as if dancing, saying, let it rain, let it rain. Oh. According to a police report of the alleged incident at the Turnberry Resort and Club, he finally finishes an inappropriate behavior by emptying a bottled water in her face. Now, I saw your face, and I know that we do that a lot to each other, and that's appropriate because it's consensual. <laughs> Especially the water bottle. The part. water bottle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so perhaps this was the incident of signs, uh, sign of things to come, though. During a preseason game uh, against the Houston Texans in 2012, Texans defensive lineman Antonio Smith ripped off Incognito's helmet and swung it in his direction. Incognito didn't retaliate and actually came away looking like the bigger man, as Smith was subsequ uh, subsequently suspended for two games. He was also fined $11,000 in the previous year of 2011 for kicking Incognito during a week one matchup. Video of that play showed that Incognito uh, stayed on Smith's ankle for a ridiculous long time after a fumble, and Smith responded by booting Incognito and kicking him off of him. Smith said at the time that Incognito tried to twist his ankle after the whistle, 
Incognito has long been known as a player who tests boundaries of the rule book. Quote by Antonio Smith. Yes, test, test them. Yeah, yeah. And if you watch the video of the play, Incognito of the of the previous play of the 2012 preseason the matchup, an, the ankle thing. Pre no, uh, the preseason oh, where okay. he tried to Smith, hit him with like, his helmet. Hit him with his helmet. Yeah, okay. Um, Incognito puts his hand in Smith's face repeatedly and appears to be twisting his helmet, trying to trying to provoke him. Essentially. Yeah. Okay, I watched it. I watched this video about because there's obviously video of it. Yeah. I watched it about five times. <laughs> Okay, the little Dicky's hands were on the guy's face mask from the beginning of the play, just twisting and right. turning and like kind of guiding him when he's trying to rush. So of course the dude is going to try to smack him with his helmet. So, but immediately whenever he he grabs little Dicky's helmet and you know rips it off yeah. and swings oh, yeah. it, immediately after that little Dicky was like, "What?" Yeah, he puts I, his hands I, up I in the traditional like, "Me? What are you talking about?" It's insane. Yeah, and again, just to highlight, that's a. Preseason game, yeah, not a competitive matchup anything. at all. Yeah. You're just kind of just getting out there, right. plays, uh, blah blah blah. So these incidences were brushed off by many people, as many of the talk heading into the season of that uh, 2012 season focused on the character transformation that Incognito has seemingly undergone. He took a, on a leadership role with the Dolphins, and he was even the recipient of the 2012 Good Guy Award, along with former Dolphins running back Reggie Bush for his cooperation with the media. <laughs> Hold on, so. Oh, you, you didn't fight anybody on our team. You get the good guy award. <laughs> Basically. It's easy to be the most improved player when you're the worst player. When you're player. the worst yeah, player. Exactly. Yeah. Incognito is also featured in a lot of PSAs directed towards Dolphin fans. You know, things they play before games at the stadium, etc. Uh, this one PSA called for Dolphins, fan to, Dolphins fans to act in a civilized manner on game day. And it humorously played off Incognito's troubled past. And they were playing it pretty fast and loose with humor there because... <laughs> All the things they didn't want their fans to do, <laughs> Richie had done yeah. multiple times. I'm Richie Incognito. Don't be me. <laughs> the more you know. Kind of what they basically. <laughs> As a sign of things to come, and something we'll dive into here in just a second, uh, Archel Hawkins Jr. of Fox Sports Radio tweeted a weird, disturbing piece of evidence from the Dolphins program for, the, uh, for their game against the Bengals in Week 9, which was around Halloween time. Uh, Dolphins players were asked several lighthearted Halloween questions, including which of their teammates was easiest to scare. Incognito's response was a fellow player, Jonathan Martin. Incognito's and others' awful treatment of Martin, Martin began his rookie season, regularly telling Martin, who was just drafted in 2012, you're my bitch, and repeat, repeatedly calling him cunt, bitch, faggot, pussy. Terms of endearment, if you didn't know. Yeah. On a football field. Right. Martin later reported later that these were so common they became a routine part of his life with the Dolphins. So just as much as Rit, as Lil Dicky, sorry, I keep, I keep misnaming <laughs> him. Slipping. As much as Lil Dicky hated being bullied, right, as a kid, it's the age-old story what always happens. The bullied becomes the bully most of the time. So he's t taking this rookie, this guy who's never played in the NFL's first time, right. probably starry-eyed, innocent yeah. little guy, and then just doing all this awful shit. Uh, by the way, white on black, if if that wasn't clear I mean, already. Yeah. It's, Jonathan Martin is a black okay. football player. It's going to become very mm -hmm. clear that it was not just fun banter it, you know, we call each other cunts all the time, you know, just out of love and fun, right? No, nobody does that. No. Yeah. And and again, as we'll talk about here in just a second, this stuff happens so often that Martin was just like, this is what it's like in, in the NFL. Like, this is just what it Jesus is. Jesus okay. Christ. Yeah. He made it normal for that. It, yeah. I mean, he normalized it basically. And, and sorry, this is just Richie on Martin. Right? We'll, we'll talk is, about this okay. in here in a second. Okay. So this is 2013. Based on the Wells report, which we'll refer to a lot here. Um, here's the timeline for the major incidents that said wave, sent waves to the NFL world. Um, on October 31st, 2013, Martin, the Dolphins' starting left tackle, left the team based, after what, based on what was a simply described at first as an incident with teammates. 
Soon after, it was revealed that Martin had tried to sit down and have a meal with some of his teammates, and his teammates all got up to leave. As we were later to discover, this was actually the last straw for Martin, who had a complicated relationship with Incognito from the very start. On November 4th, the Dolphins suspended, suspended Incognito for conduct detrimental to the team after it was first revealed that Incognito had harassed, bullied, and intimidated Martin via voicemail, text message, and in person. So again, it, what it looked like to the public perception was that there's, the Dolphins' starting left tackle quit the team just because people left his lunch table. Because, right, That's what right, it looked right. like at that, public perception, I, and I right? Remember, I remember this happening because I remember like Schefter tweeted out, all these people tweeted out like, oh, Jonathan Martin just left the team. Like, what happened? And then as we'll come to find out here in a second, we'll, we'll dive into that. Yeah, that was just the straw. Right. right. So after almost immediately, at, almost immediately after being accused of bullying, Martin had more evidence come to light regarding inappropriate behavior around this time. TMZ released a, a recent video from early in 2013 on the day that Incognito was, uh, was suspended. But huh. this video happened in the summertime, probably. Featured a seemingly very intoxicated Incognito using a racial slur to address teammate Mike Pouncey at a Fort Lauderdale, Florida pool hall. The video is very bizarre. Incognito has his shirt off and he's just stomping around and he's out with his teammates just screaming, Mike Pouncey, motherfucker, my N-word, repeatedly. The friendly version. Yeah. <laughs> so neither Martin nor Incognito played another down for the Dolphins that season. While Martin retreated to his family in California, Incognito went on a protracted media campaign in which he trumpeted his incidents of the matter. Quote, this is an issue about bullying, Incognito told Fox Sports Jay Glazer in an exclusive interview on November 10th. Quote, this is an issue of me and John's relationship. You can ask anybody in the Miami, Miami Dolphins locker room, quote, who had John Martin's back the absolute most? And they'll undoubtedly tell you that was me, Richie Incognito. All this stuff coming out, it speaks to the culture of our locker room. It speaks to the culture of our closeness. It speaks to the culture of our brotherhood. The racism, the bad words, that's what I regret the most. But this is a product of the environment. That's something we use all the time, end quote. And goddamn, that is a regretful use of the term we there, using the N-word all the time. Because let it be known, Will some of some of the people, white. Richie Incognito is a, is a very white man. Jonathan Martin is a black man. Mike Pouncey, who we reference and we'll reference again, he's a black man. And I'm pretty sure John Jerry, he is also a black offensive lineman. And just just to bring this all back to the front where I said the Mason Rudolph incident where Miles Garrett tried to, do you remember the video where Miles Garrett, uh, well, okay, let me break this down for you, Vargas. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember where a Browns player tried to swing a helmet? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the quarterback was Mason Rudolph, uh -huh. and he was accused of calling Miles Garrett the N-word when he got sacked by Miles Garrett, right? Ah. Well, one of Mason Rudolph's offensive linemen is Pouncey. Mike Pouncey. Who is, who is, you're about to find out, was involved in a lot of this shit. Yeah. Uh -huh. in, in the video of the Cleveland Browns and Pittsburgh Steelers uh, fight brawl that happened this whole time. The helmet. Thing. The helmet incident. Yeah. After Garrett swings the helmet, Mike Pouncey and the other linemen are seen punching Garrett and kicking him in the head. Uh-huh. A lot of a lot of people in the NFL suck. I don't know <laughs> a lot of this not so great stuff happening over Correct. there. This locker room argument and friendly attitude towards Martin was ultimately found to be total bullshit. From the Wells report, quote, after a thorough examination of the facts, we conclude that three starters on the Dolphinsive offense lineman, Richie Incognito, John Jerry, and Mike Pouncey, engaged in a pattern of harassment directed not only at Martin, but also another young Dolphins offense. Dolphins offensive lineman, who we will refer to as player A for confident, confidentiality reasons, and a member of the training, training staff, whom we will refer to as assistant trainer, end quote. Uh, the Wells report finds that the assistant trainer repeatedly was targeted with racial slurs and other, other racially derogatory language. Player A was frequently subjected to homophobic name-calling and improper physical touching. With golf clubs. <laughs> yeah. Probably not with golf clubs. Yeah. 
Martin was taunted, uh, Jonathan Martin was taunted on a persistent basis, basis with sexually, sexually explicit remarks about his sister and his mother, and at times was ridiculed with racial insults and other offensive comments. Uh, Incognito and others would tell Martin in text, quote, we're going to run a train on your sister. She loves me. I'm going to fuck her without a condom and come in her cunt. Hey, J. Mart's sister's in town. Get the plastic sheets ready. She's a squirter. I'm going to bang the shit out of her, spit on her, and treat her like shit. Hey, J. Mart, here your sister has a wolf puss, a fat, hairy pussy. Oh, goddamn. This is so funny, guys. Are you seeing these goddamn things I'm saying to her? I said cunt a lot. <laughs> that's that's little dicky. That's what happened. Ew. It was funny when he was just fighting people. Yeah. <laughs> it's not so funny when he's like, yes, really gross. And I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think set it off for you. Well, <laughs> I don't, I don't, that's not cool. And again, just to remind you, this stuff happened all the time. Right. Josh Martin. Okay. At, at, his, at, at work. This at is their people's his work. work. Like, yes. So the Wells report goes on to say that while hazing and some light bullying is normal in a locker room in the NFL, it's just a thing that's just going to happen with like guys who are just macho and yeah, narcissistic. Yeah, blah, blah. light bullying. Light bullying. <laughs> what happened in Miami to T- Jonathan... Towel snapping. That's yeah. normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what happened in Miami to Jonathan Martin and other members was extreme. Per the Wells report again, quote, for the most part, Incognito does not dispute saying or writing any of the statements that Martin claim offended him. Further, Incognito admitted that at times the very purpose of the verbal taunts was to get under the skin of another person. From Incognito's perspective, however, the statements and questions were an accepted part of the everyday camaraderie of the Dalton's tight-knit offensive line. Incognito told us that Martin and other offensive linemen all recognized, accepted, and indeed actively participated in the go-for-the-jugular teasing. And that vulgarity and graphic sexual comments was not only a staple of this longer, their locker room culture, but also helped them bond. Yes, that is how Vargas and I actually became so close. I told him I was going to run a train <laughs> and a plane on his sister. Nice. Yeah, yeah. But I found out he didn't have a sister. Yeah. So I just called him a pussy for an hour straight. <laughs> yeah. And now we're, we were closer <laughs> than ever. Closer just, than ever. Just repeatedly, yeah. And then uh, and then I headbutted him and hit him with my helmet. Right. And look at us now. And spit on him a little bit. <laughs> spit on him. Who would have thought we would have been in love after that? <laughs> But the effects on Martin, who had encountered bullying in high school and was prone to depression, were very deep. The report states that Martin was distressed by his teammates' language, but attempted to hide his pain, believing that he was too sensitive and that the barb would stop after his rookie year. Uh, We will never know whether a stronger reaction by Martin would have stopped his teammates' behavior or exacerbated it. But Martin told us that he did not view a physical response as a viable option. Martin was a rookie, and when the verbal abuse began in 2012, his rookie season, he was not going to begin his professional football career by trying to punch out Incognito, who was a veteran. Yeah. Or or the or one of the he was again, Incognito was one of the leaders of the offensive line. Was he ever a captain? Uh I I I would assume so. Okay. Yeah. Uh Incognito, who was one of the leaders of the offensive line, who had Jerry and Pouncey backing him up. Indeed, Martin believed that trying to engage in physical confrontation confrontation with the three, whom he viewed as a united group, would only make things make things worse. So I wanted to ask you specifically, mm-hmm. Brendan, your your opinion on this. Do you think that it's possible? Now, I know it's a little less likely now that Pouncey, we've seen a pattern. Right. But do you think that those two, Pouncey and Jerry, the other two offensive linemen, do you think that it's possible that they went along with Incognito to avoid like what he would do to them, right? I, I to think be so. on the side C- instead of the target. I think so. I think they viewed Incognito. He was just like the leader, like they said. Like everyone talks about Incognito was the leader of the offensive line, basically. And I think, yeah, like part of it was definitely like they just went along with it just because they're like, God, I don't want Incognito going on me. 
and also part of they were just just being dicks to this rookie. And and remember, it's funny you say leader because he was said to specifically not be a natural born leader. So I would imagine his leading style is very violent. And if you're right. not with me, you're against me type of deal, well, which it, is what we see. Right. So probably what made him the leader was like he's obviously still a talented football player. That's yes. why everybody wants him on their team. Right. But uh, also, if you're the guy that's like ever nobody wants to mess with because mm-hmm. the, you're they know you're going to fuck with them. Right. You're just like, whatever he can, he can be the, the guy. Right. Right. Like, right. Right. Kind of a default thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. So incognito maintains that his relationship with Martin was, and still is to this day strong. He even tells Jay Glazer in that same interview we mentioned above saying, quote, I think if you had asked John Martin a week before who his best friend on the team was, he would say Richie incognito. The first guy to stand up for Jonathan. When anything went down the field, any kind of tussle, Richie was the first guy there. When they wanted to hang out outside the football, who was together? Richie and Jonathan, end quote. This friendship could be valid in the sense that Martin was simply coping and trying his best to play along. Chances of making an NFL team are basically slim to none. No, no. They were hanging out, spitting on each other, headbutting <laughs> each other. It was a great time. Sounds like Richie wants to bang this guy. Oh, a little dicky. <laughs> I think there. I, I actually meant to talk to you about that off air <laughs> uh, after watching the Aaron Hernandez documentary. Oh, Honestly, I think some of it is is weird. I mean, definitely pent up feelings. Oh yeah, some kind of pent up. Yeah. Some, I don't know if they're on. sexual or not, but it's yeah, it's it's interesting. Dude, he plays a sport where he gets to pile on and <laughs> under men for a living. Come on, constantly. Back to the pile. Back to the pile. <laughs> However, every turn there was harassment and denigration, even brought upon by the offensive line coach Jim Turner, who is allegedly the man who pushed on Incognito to quote unquote toughen Martin up. Quote from the Wells Report. Uh, Turner was aware of the running joke that player A was gay. And on at least one occasion, he participated in the taunting. Around Christmas 2012, Coach Turner gave the offensive line lineman gift bags that included a variety of stocking stuffers. The gifts included inflatable female dolls for all the offensive linemen. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Except for player A, who received a male blow-up doll. Martin and other, another player reported they were surprised Coach Turner did this. Martin further said he was offended that Martin or that Turner had endorsed the humi- humiliating treatment of player A who by partic- participating in it. Incognito and others agreed that this incident w- with Coach Turner occurred. They don't deny it. When interviewed, Turner was asked if he gave player A a male blow-up doll. He replied, I can't remember. We do not believe, this is part of the, the report, we do not believe that Turner forgot this incident, which many others recalled. And if you needed a reminder on how mature and well-developed mentally and emotionally the NFL is from top to bottom, Turner, Coach Turner, the guy who's supposed to have your back as a player, yeah. especially as a rookie, I mean, fuck off, you right. know? It's, yeah. It's, it's brutal. So of note, the Wells Report obtained a fine book from Incognito. Some of it was trivial and dumb fun, while there was also po- noted points to break Martin and fining Martin for being a pussy. In offensive line meeting, meetings in film study, the guy who missed assignments or ruined plays was berated and termed as Judas or even a snitch. So it's likely that this belief of being looked at and as fucking up pushed Martin uh, away from going to other coaches and telling him all this shit was going on. Martin was also subjected to watching others be harassed and abused, kind of like we detailed earlier, uh, likely even further signaling that he had no friends there and that this was a common occurrence. Quote, on December 7th, 2012, the anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor, Incognito, Jerry, and Pouncey donned traditional Japanese headbands that featured a rising sun emblem and jokingly threatened to harm the assistant trainer physically in retaliation to the Pearl Harbor attacks. Martin, was he Asian, some kind of? Yes, he was of Asian descent. Jesus Christ. Yep. (laughs) 
Martin reported that the assistant trainer confided to him later on that he was upset about the Pearl Harbor prank, finding it derogatory and demeaning. Uh, quote, Jerry and Pouncey each admitted that they reportedly repeatedly used racial language toward the assistant trainer, including him calling him, calling him a Jap and a Chinaman and acknowledged the Pearl Harbor Day stunt. Stunt. Stunt is the word they used. Uh, but I would say one of the more upsetting things here is their lack of knowledge on who attacked. Yeah. Right? <laughs> calling him a Jap, calling him a Chinaman. Those are two very separate two, places. Yeah. But isn't it also strange to me that you put on the flag? It's like putting on a Confederate flag to go call someone from the South a racist. You're, you're yeah, donning their yeah. gear to, to right. make fun of them. It's <laughs> yeah. like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, we're going to... We're gonna, uh, kamikaze you yeah. you got like what yeah, yeah it just you know in case you didn't think that they were comedic geniuses by now yeah yeah well you I mean incognito went to nebraska and oregon he's clearly a well-educated guy I'm very sure well traveled sure he got there on his book smarts right <laughs> so martin had never experienced this kind of racial taunting before the trainer's response was just to laugh uneasily and play along further signaling to everyone just play along with the whole thing according to martin this is per the report he told Turner that he had anxiety about football in a general sense, but he intentionally did not tell Turner that he was depressed because of the treatment by his teammates and his inability to confront them, which he viewed as a personal flaw. When we asked Martin why he had not disclosed his view of this being harassed by some of his teammates, Martin told us that his reluctance to talk to, uh, about his teammates' conduct stemmed from what he perceived to be a code in professional football that players should not snitch on his teammates. So... After the incident that where Martin left the cafeteria after the thing whatever happened, this whole thing off. Martin left the team and checked into a local hospital. Head coach Joe Philbin had no idea where Martin was and what happened until Martin reached out via text message. Uh, in Kanye, uh, so basically, from what I had gathered, that Philbin had basically went to practice the next day and was marching up and down the sidelines like, "Where the hell is Martin? What's going on with Martin?" I had no idea what happened to him. Starting his starting left. Well, I don't know if he was starting. But he was his, starting. Yeah. yeah, his starting left tackle. So just a start gone. is just gone without telling yep. anyone. And again, because because of Incognito's bullying and the way he treated right. Martin, he thinks that this whole thing is just how the NFL is, right? Can you imagine achieving your dream that you've had since you were a yeah. kid? Getting there and being like, well, this sucks. This is just the way it is, though. I can't change anything. And not feeling like you can trust anyone right. around right. you to tell you what or tell them what's going on. Right. It's yeah. insane. It sucks. I thought college didn't prepare me for the real world. Imagine, <laughs> yeah. like, Imagine yeah. this shit. You like. went from college football to this. <laughs> so uh, at this time, Incognito reached out to Martin in an exchange, both curious about Martin's health and well-being, but also appearing kind of to stem the tide of the inevitable investigation. And that's what the Wells report was. This is something that happened months later that kind of came right. to light this whole shit. So right after these texts where Incognito texts Martin, uh, about his health and well-being, incognito text Pouncy. I'll play incognito. You play Pouncy. Oh, I gotta be Pouncy. You want me to be Pouncy? Yeah, I want. I want to be a little dicky. You be a little dicky. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you okay, ready? All right, so th- again, these are texts between myself, little dicky. Yeah. And Brendan, Mr. Pouncy. Mike Pouncy. Right. Got it. <clears throat> Yo, fuck J Mart. That faggot is never allowed back. Bro, I said the same thing. I can't even look at him the same. He's a pussy. My agent just told me if we had mandatory strip club meetings, J Mart is fucking ratting on everybody. LOL. Wow. Are you serious? He is a fuck boy. Oh, he's not welcome back, bro. I can't be around that fucking guy. No, fuck that guy. If you're not with us, you were guest us. No question, bro. He's a coward for snitching. Snitches get stitches. Blood in, blood out. Fucking guy. He's dead to me. <laughs> That's, my, by the way, my favorite text is snitches get snitches. Blood in, blood out. <laughs> fucking guy. Fucking guy. 
None of those had punctuation, by the way. Yeah, they're very brutal. <laughs> and what, uh, just as a quick aside, what Incognito mentions the mandatory strip club meetings is something Incognito actually did repeatedly. He would call the offensive linemen to meetings that were held at strip clubs, and then he would force people like Martin and Player A to pay the tabs on those on those meetings. That's that's what the kind of like. so <laughs> yeah uh, uh, the the better form of that, which which I think actually does happen and is pretty. Uh, normal in football for hazing rookies right. would be to go out for dinner and making the rookie yeah. pay for yeah, the, yeah. the rookie who just got yeah. 400 Incognito was forcing yeah. men, uh, the other guys, right. de- devoid of their sexuality, etc., to go to strip clubs regularly to have meetings about play, all, yeah. football, etc. And and I'm sorry, all this is taking place in 2013? 2013. So he's... Long year. He's <laughs> three, four years out of... Yeah, he out of he was he was drafted in two thousand five, two thousand six. So oh, this okay. would have been like okay. several years later. But Jonathan Martin's a rookie. Yeah, Jonathan yeah, Martin yeah. was drafted in the two thousand twelve season, and this in like this is all a year and a half later. A year and a half right. later, right. this is all coming to light. So prior to the Wells report, which like we said was released months after the investigation, Martin left the team in October, and reports started surfacing that Incognito as the one who perpetrated the incidents. Primarily by Adam Schefter, who on Incognito threatened on Twitter repeatedly after <laughs> Schefter tweeted out these he's things. A, he's a fo- uh, Adam Schefter is a football reporter. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you, okay. He's like a big football insider that like anything like this happens, he's like one of the first people to like tweet Got about it. it. You know, per so sources. a player is threatening a reporter, a reporter. on Twitter. Smart like, move. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> um, after Do we all, have those tweets? Uh, yeah, we could look them up real fast. <laughs> Uh, I some, want to see some. Some players on the Dolphins actually made statements against Martin for breaking locker room conduct. On November 3rd, Incognito was suspended by the Dolphins. Out of this whole saga, it shows repeated incidents of bullying, aggression, and harassment that does not represent a healthy mind of an individual. To finish this part of the chapter, here's a voicemail from Incognito that came to light after Martin was drafted. So, 2012. Yeah. And set the tone for Martin's start with the team. Quote, Hey, what's up, you half inward piece of shit? I saw you on Twitter. You've been training 10 weeks. I'm going to shit in your fucking mouth. I'm going to slap your fucking mouth. I'm going to slap your real mother across the face. A laughter. Fuck you. You're still a rookie. I'll kill you. <laughs> Get All it? this comedy. It's Get so it? funny. <laughs> and it's, this is this is after he was drafted? This is literally... Like, Welcome to the team. I'm going to shit in your mouth. Yeah, we <laughs> Incognito have, called Jonathan yeah. Martin on the phone and left this voicemail. He's never met him. Yeah, he never, never met, met him the dude. at that point. Just saw that he was drafted by the Dolphins. Where we work, can you imagine someone an, uh, the announcement email coming in and they have it has a phone number on there for yeah. some reason and you just call them and tell them you're gonna <laughs> shit in their mouth? <laughs> yeah, hey, you fucking piece of shit, I'm about to shit in your mouth. Yeah, it's just <laughs> locker room talk. Yeah, yeah, it's just just basement talk. Just, just, just locker room talk. That's just what I tell every new guy. Exactly. <laughs> so now moving on to teammates, like we talked about, people defended Incognito and kind of went against Martin. So we're gonna highlight two specific examples of this. So while the claims levied against Incognito are definitely extreme, some of those who played alongside him aren't particularly shocked. New York Giants kicker Josh Brown was Incognito's teammate at Nebraska as well as on the Rams. He told Ebenezer Samuel of the New York Daily News that it was just par for the course. Quote, none of it shocks me. I don't know any details, obviously. The league hasn't released anything. But Richie seems to be a person with a tortured soul. He's had these issues for a while and it's sad. Uh, Brown, he still considers Incognito a friend, but he believes that his former teammate is still dealing with demons, despite the prevailing thought that he had turned a corner, saying, quote, it's sad to see because he was a friend of mine and still is. I played with him in college and he had a lot of problems in college. I played with him on the Rams and he didn't have severe issues there, but it seems like this seems to be something that has been haunting him for more than a decade. This seems to be something, or this seems to be somebody who's really got some demons that are out of the building, end quote. 
just for, as a note, Josh Brown was released and suspended from the league in 2016 because of allegations and admitting to domestic violence against against his wife and hasn't played a snap since. So the one guy who has little Dickie's yeah. back is uh, abuser. Also not a piece of shit. Not, it's a big surprise, I know. Yeah. It comes as a shock, but uh, that's just how the world works. And it know? wasn't just one count. It was like 30 counts of domestic violence and assault against his wife. 30. Oh. So not just like not one. Ju- yeah, not just... <laughs> Not just the acceptable nine. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me 30 times, I'm going to shove you down the stairs. Right. Buffalo Bills center Eric Wood briefly shared a locker room with Incognito in 2009. And while he didn't personally have a problem with the way Incognito acted while he was with the Bills, he is fully aware that Incognito had a penchant for crossing a line. Quote, he gets on everybody. Not everyone likes Richie Incognito. That's a fact. I can take his jabs and give it right back to him. We have fun with it. But if you have the right personality, he takes it a little too far. I could definitely see where someone has come up uh, out, of, out of it. There are likely myriad reasons behind why Incognito has made so many poor choices since his start at Nebraska in 2002, but there may be a reason to believe that empowerment is coming from his own family member. So uh, this is kind of a... Uh, okay, so I agree and disagree with this because this is a kind of a good strategy for somebody like Lil Dicky <laughs> is to just kind of keep him at arm's length, right? And, and like w- when they do give you shit, you give them shit back, but you're not like... I'm not your fucking friend. I have to be your teammate. Yeah. So I'm as long as you're like, as long as I don't see you doing what you're doing, like to, to Martin and you just do this shit out here. It's okay. Like, right. That's like the, the, the way to deal with it. Obviously little Dickie can fuck off and shouldn't be on a team. But if you, if he is on your team, that's probably the best way. Exactly. Best way to deal with it. Now I would also like to get <laughs> some of your unfiltered thoughts so, so far. All right. Yeah. So, when we, were, when we were talking about his early childhood, correct. My first thought was this dude should have been a boxer, yeah. Because <laughs> basically, because it sounded like <laughs> this would have been. I mean, boxing is barbaric and, right, and right. kind of horrible, but it sounded like that would be a really good or a martial artist, I guess, not necessarily right. boxing, but it sounded like that would be a really good way for him to like work out some of this shit. Yeah, because of his like deep seated anger issues. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. like football's good, but like. It sounds like this dude wants to punch people. Yeah, he and, wants to beat people up. He yeah. wants to harass people. He wants to bully people. And but, yeah, boxing, like anything. You as, know? as you guys told the story further on, my second thought was, I'm glad he's not a boxer because he probably would have <laughs> killed somebody. I mean, well, legitimately. Yeah, what, happens, like, what happens is when you have someone like that become a boxer is they bite someone's ear off. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. Like, oh, yeah. They become more famous. So right. he probably would have killed somebody. But it's because he had no... And we're about to dive into this, but... It, I think you kind of knew already he had no support system. Right. His dad was just telling him to take no shit. And his mom uh, asked his dad to put a bullet in her head or the other way around. And and, I mean, so no one should ever blame. Right. I mean, yes, we should definitely blame Richie Incognito. (laughs) We should blame Little Dicky. He should get 100% of the blame for his actions. But you can't. Be surprised, I guess, would be the best mm-hmm. way to put it. After I mean, yeah, it, it's it's a mixture of like the product of his environment, his ang- his like just natural anger issues, and then also like maybe some type of like psych issues and all kinds of other shit like that. You yeah, know? the 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 stuff that always blows my mind about stories like this is how the talent that these people have. Oh yeah, somehow it. it it enables them to outweigh the actions that they do. You know right, what I mean? Right, like right. just because you're a really good football player does not give you the right to doesn't do, give you the pass to do just to yeah, go any nuts. Any yeah. of it. Oh yeah. I mean, 
It shouldn't, but that's how the NFL is. That's, the, a, that's, in, that's how sports are. Yeah. I mean, realistically, oh, yeah. like, I just read about, I don't know, Brian's going to make fun of me about this, but I just read about the fucking Astros thing. Yeah, dude, like That shit's bananas. They're just straight up cheating. And, and then in their press conference that just aired this past week was just like, hey, we're sorry. Oh, so yeah. what? It's and, like, what? But like, <laughs> yeah, of course you're sorry, but you're still the champions. Right? You still get the money. You still and get the trophy. There have been still... numerous players and pitchers particularly yeah. who, lo- who like had bad games against the Astros and were released. Like they yeah. lost their jobs because of this yeah. shit. Like it's but insane. It, so it's the same thing where like just because you you win at a sport mm-hmm. should not let right. you off the hook for being a shitty person. And right. it sounds like Richie Incognito is just like the shining star of that happening. He is. He's, and he's it's, been a it's one of those things that like, and, we'll, and again, this is something we could delve into after we finish this, but like the NFL is prone to that kind of shit. Like the NFL is money. Like it is a yeah. business. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's something that like people fuck up in the NFL all the time and get passes, which again, I'm a, I'm a big believer in second chances, things like that. Sure. But if you keep fucking up and, for some reason, some people just keep getting passes, and it's it's like, insane. In but, this story specifically, it's been a decade since his shit at Nebraska. Right, it's been a that's, decade. That's what I mean. Like Richie Incognito got oh, yeah. his second chance at Oregon. Yeah, and just kept fucking up. And then, got his third chance in the NFL. Right. <laughs> got his fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh <laughs> chance yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, okay, back to the fun story. <laughs> so this, as a quick aside, to further delve into the weird and tortured minds of his family. Um, although it has yet to be proved, and this is kind of just a, it's just a weird, fascinating story. I, I love this story. Okay. Uh, Barry Pachetsky of deadspin.com wrote extensively about a username, uh, IDRD1994 on a Dolphins message board, Finn Heaven, potentially being Richie Sr. According big, to Big Dicky. Big Dicky. Yeah. According to Pachetsky, all of that particulars, uh, particular user's posts were dedicated to the offensive line in Richie Incognito. He also made derogatory comments towards Martin and Bouncy. In addition to that, there are plenty of consistencies between the poster and Richie Sr. Perpet- Richie Sr. So per Pateski. Then more sleuth work. Finn Heaven user of the Walrus found an, another post of IDRD 1994's where he talks about growing up in New Jersey and watching the Jets play at Shea Stadium. Richie Incognito Jr. was born in New Jersey, but after the Jets had already moved. Not too young to have seen the Jets play in Queens, Richie Incognito Sr., an active poster under a different name on a Nebraska message board when uh, Richie, Richie Jr. played for the Huskers. So basically, they're kind of just tying together that like Richie Jr. was too young to see the Jets play in Shea Stadium, uh-huh. but Richie, uh, Richie uh, Sr. was... Big, was, big Dickie. Big yeah. Dickie was. A Google search for IDRD 1994 turns up a number of posts on RC car message boards from a user claiming to live in Arizona when, where the Incognitos moved when Richie Jr. was 11. Right, right. IDRD 1994 is also a profile on mylife.com registered under Richie Incognito, age 63, from Glendale, Arizona. I think the biggest takeaway we have to tell what the story of what kind of dad Big Dicky was is yeah. that he was an active poster on an, a radio I, control car for. <laughs> I was what gonna a say, goddamn dork. Yeah. I was going to say, imagine how sad your life is that... No, no, no. Hear me out. Okay. You're posting on the Miami Dolphins (laughs) fan message board about the offensive line. About, yeah, Rich Incognito. Whether you're a dad of one of them or not. Imagine that life. (laughs) Oh, I wish I had it. Stop. (laughs) So, and this is what Pacheski's like overall point is. So if IDRD 1984 is indeed Richie Sr., it says a lot about Incognito Jr.'s line of thinking. 
That isn't to say that Incognito would deserve a free pass if his father planted these type of thoughts in his head, but it provides uh, could be a much deeper problem than Incognito just being a jerk or a bad person. So Incognito set out the 2014 season after staying in a psych hospital and being evaluated for his mental health. This is probably the second or third time he's done this. And he was picked up by the Buffalo Bills, who he played for three games in, back in 2010 oh, yeah. or something uh-huh, like that. Uh-huh. And he played two solid seasons in 2015 and 16. He was selected to the Pro Bowl as a replacement, uh, was picked by players, so uh, by players of the league, as 97th out of 100 of the top players in the league that year. But and remember, he, BTK was a really good dog <laughs> catcher and also yeah. really good at jacking off with a rope around his neck. Right, it's so. true. And he was also rated very high by uh, Pro Football Focus, which is like just an aggregate type of like score like players get throughout the season just saying how well they did yeah based on all like they they do all their film and stats and everything yeah do they take into <laughs> account how shitty you are as a person negative no, oh it's, it's pretty objective okay yeah. uh on december 19 2017 incognito was named to his fourth pro bowl after starting all 16 games at left guard a day after the bills lost 10 to 3 against the jacksonville jaguars in the afc wildcard round incognito was accused by jaguars defensive end yannick not even going to pronounce that last name, of using (laughs) racial slurs against him during the game. Following that season's end, uh, Incognito announced his intent to retire on Twitter, noting that a recent doctor's visit had revealed he was suffering from liver and kidney failure, which he attributed to stress. Yes, stress Stress. with a huge (laughs) wink from behind a Jack Daniels bottle. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Incognito also expressed dissatisfaction, and likely this was his main reason for retirement, with a contract restructuring that would have kept him with the Bills in 2018, noting that he had given the Bills until April 15th to give him an offer worthy of his putting off his retirement for one more season. Again, this all happened on Twitter. Great. Yeah. 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 Two days later, the Bills officially placed uh, Incognito on the reserve retired list. On April 13th, 2018, Incognito announced he had a change of heart. He was actually going to show up to off-season workouts on April 16th. When he failed to arrive for those workouts, and the, bill, the Bills actually continued just to list him as retired, he actually indicated, again, on Twitter, that he refused to play for the Bills and demanded he be released from his contract. Hey, if it's good enough for the president, it's good <laughs> enough for Richie and Carter. That's right. <laughs> the Bills GM responded that he had had to contact League Commissioner Roger Goodell if he wanted to be removed from the retired list, because it's like an actual official like list. You know what oh, I mean? okay. I and didn't know that. So then officially on May 21st, 2018, the Bills released Incognito from the reserve retired list. This is where it gets off the shit goes off the rails. Do you hear what he just said? This is where it goes off the rails. So, okay. Let me, let me get the last 30 seconds in in my, in my head here. He, he says he's going to retire. Yes. The Bills are like, cool. Yeah. Go for it, man. He's like, hold on. Actually. Make me an offer. uh, Yeah. Basically he, on Twitter, again, yeah. after he announced he retired, yeah. the, the Bills were like, wonderful, keep it up. Cool. He then started tweeting out about how he was pissed off about his contract restructure. Right. And so people were led to believe, like, that's likely why he's going to retire, not because of right, right. all his other shit. Not because of the, the stress of the right. booze on his lips. So then later on, uh, basically he said, well, actually, I'm going to show up to off-season workouts starting April 15th. Is that just a thing you can do? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. like a non-mandatory off-season workouts. Okay. Um, and so then April 15th came and went and then on April 16th, that's whenever he was like, you know, actually like release me from the shit. Like I'm over it. Like I don't want to be a part of this. I do want to retire. And the bills were like, you have to talk to Goodell. Like he's the commissioner. You have to talk to him about getting off the, uh, the, the retired list. Okay. And so then after that whole shit went down, he officially, uh, uh, was released from the bills and got off the retired list. So, okay. 
That's all. I, I don't get the retirement list thing. It's like a whole. It's like an official, like weird thing and stuff like. You okay. have to file paperwork to be retired. So he he oh, filed so, paperwork. Yeah. Once you once you retire, you have to get approval to come back, basically. Oh, uh, to that team or to any team? Any Just team, to the NFL to, oh, to, yeah. to be okay. eligible to play again. So Got technically, it. he he what he officially did yeah. is you know not only did he <laughs> tweet that he retired, yeah, he filed paperwork with the league saying yeah. he retired while under contract with the Bills. Right. And he basically what I think his whole play was was just to get a new contract through the whole thing by yeah. like but he fucked up by actually, actually retiring. retiring. And that's <laughs> that's why you have to get approved so people don't just after if they sign a five year deal, they don't quote unquote retire after gonna, two yeah. years right. just so okay. they can be I'm off that now. team. Okay. Right. So and again this was May twenty first whenever uh, he was officially released. So right now Richie is able to play for another team. Correct. But he doesn't have a team. He's away from the business. Correct. Okay. You got it. So during this whole time, like we talked about, he is very, very active on Twitter. He's engaging with fans and trolls and repeatedly threatening people and offering many times his phone number and personal address and even firing his agent on Twitter. And there's no way for people to know that you're unhinged than by putting your phone number on Twitter Telling people well, yeah. you'll fight them if you. And text it's still yeah. up. You can scroll through like to this time period, uh-huh. and it, all that shit's still available for you to see. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, get your phone out. You're telling me. <laughs> yeah, I can text Richie Incognito if right now. If it's still his actual number, yes. You and don't even have to use the Cameo app. By the way, <laughs> this episode brought to you. <laughs> Y'all, I might text Richie Incognito. I, I we should try it. Give him my address, and we'll all fight him. We'll send. Well, we'll send him mail too. I'll call Dalton. It'll be fine. <laughs> So Incognito was taken into custody and sent involuntarily to a mental health facility after an incident at Lifetime Fitness on May 23rd. Let's just, we're just going to go <laughs> oh, and we're just going to. I kind of want you to say that sentence again. Do it. Say Incognito it again. was yeah, yeah. taken into custody and sent involuntarily to a mental health facility after an incident at a Lifetime Fitness on May 23rd. So Richie Incognito was Florida man in some <laughs> article, right? 100%. <laughs> Correct. Fighting somebody in a lifetime fitness, you're a pro football player, for God's sake. Right. Yeah, but he doesn't have a gym to work out in because he's <laughs> retired. So we're going to start this incident off. Uh, this interview by the guy who this all happened to is amazing. So we're just going to read that. Okay. Um, Mark O'Brien moved to Delray Beach, Florida in January. And since then, he's taken a working out at Lifetime Fit- Athletic Fitness Center in Boca Roten. This is from the Palm Be- Palm PalmBeachPost.com. On Wednesday morning, he went to a gym to get in a quick run. Little did he know he would run into former Miami Dolphins offensive lineman Richie Incognito. Take that. If you can imagine just seeing a football player at a gym, you already like he's huge, <laughs> yeah. but like you might recognize him because he's in the town where he, he yeah. used to play, you know? Yeah. Right. Uh, O'Brien says, I had the whole place to myself, which isn't unusual because of that time of day. The gym uh, is not used that much. O'Brien, who's 54 years old, said a man he didn't know walked up, took his shirt off, and began bouncing around. Immediately, I knew something wrong was wrong or off, O'Brien says. The stranger at the gym was Richie Incognito. Uh, he, <laughs> yeah. uh, O'Brien says that Incognito went over to a mannequin used for boxing practice, threw it down on the ground, and put his knee in the mannequin's face. <laughs> I was like, man, that is strange behavior. <laughs> O'Brien That's putting it lightly. <laughs> O'Brien, he's a tactful he's like, guy. Something's fucking going on. <laughs> O'Brien says that while he was running on the track, Incognito cut in front of him while, uh, and later said that he felt like someone was behind him. It was on Incognito again, and the former Dolphin threw a tennis ball at him as he was chasing him around the track. <laughs> Just throwing shit at the guy in Lifetime <laughs> Fitness. Some dude. In an empty Lifetime yeah. Fitness. 
O'Brien angrily asked a six foot three, 320 pound, uh, 322 pound incognito what he was doing. But eventually he just walked away and went over to a weight sled loaded with some weight that he planned to use to work out. He suddenly ran in front of me and grabbed the sled and basically tried to run me over with the sled, O'Brien says. <laughs> O'Brien said incognito was yelling at obscenities at him and calling him names. When he almost ran me over the, with a sled, he said, get the fuck off my playground. O'Brien tried to brush the whole thing aside and just go back to running. He's like, this dude is nuts. I don't know what's happening in Florida, but fuck it. Yeah. But he, then he said incognito picked up 10 and 15 pound barbells and dumbbells and began throwing at him grenade style. <laughs> Seriously? This is when O'Brien called the police. Incognito immediately came up to him and demanded to know who he was calling. I was just like, I'm going to give some this guy, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm not going to have this guy try to intimidate me or bully me. But when he heaved the dumbbell at me, that's when I realized that enough was enough. I've got to call the police yeah. because I feel threatened. That was the last straw was 15 pounds of yeah. iron coming at your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, according to the police report, Incognito told the two police officers who showed up that he was training and upset because the man in question was essentially trying to steal his classified national security uh, agency documents. And his NSA oh. documents, you know, the Wait. ones that football players have. Wait. <laughs> yes. So, Richie Incognito, the mm-hmm. football player. Yes. Little Dicky. Claims. Yeah. That he threw barbells at a fellow yep. gym member Yep, because he's trying to steal his NSA documents. Maybe this next quote will help you yeah, clarify let's some hear stuff. It. <laughs> per the police report, this is what Incognito told the officers. There's a guy walking around with headphones on. I'm running NSA, NSA class level three documents through my phone. I can't have anybody in Bluetooth capability of me or taking pictures of me. Incognito then told the officers he was a- unable to disclose further information about his phone and the government because he was under contract. See, after that comes out, it's like, all right, well, I get why he threw the weights at him. Of course you don't want that shit. <laughs> yeah, he's under contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Incognito told police officers they did not have high enough clearance to find out what was on his phone. According to the officers who responded, Incognito's speech pattern was very erratic and would suddenly change subjects matters to something totally different. Incognito told officers he had taken a workout supplement known as Shroom Tech, which is actually, actually real. It's a real thing. It's got a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's got a lot of cocaine in it, surprisingly. I was going to say. It's not shrooms. Yeah, it sounds like (laughs) meth. (laughs) So the police report states that uh, the investigations revealed that Incognito was suffering an altered paranoid state and believed ordinary citizens were government officials that were tracking him and recording him. Yeah, it sounds like that. That tracks. (laughs) That old chestnut. So the officers then instituted the Baker Act, which allowed them to take Incognito into custody uh, under the premise that he would cause harm to himself or others if he was left to his own devices. Kind of like, no shit. The officer states he used multiple pairs of handcuffs linked together in order to secure Incognito and take him into custody because he's a gigantic man. This is why flexibility is important. (laughs) Uh, I was telling Brian uh, last night, uh, there's actually video like you can find the police video of this incident on like YouTube and like TMZ report and stuff like Uh that. The police video released of this incident shows a profusely sweating incognito who is constantly blinking and winking sweat out of his eyes and jumping, like they said, to different subjects and conversations, even telling officers about his NFL career. So um, this this next bit is going to lose some of our audience because it's a partly a visual gag, but oh. you're arresting this guy. <laughs> no, get your... Get the, I, I'm NSA. Yeah. I've got documents. Yeah. He's got Bluetooth. That's why I threw the way Let me tell you, like, the video is of them like arresting, putting him in the car. Yeah. And then as he's well, like just like talking, he's in the back seat of the car, 
just I'm talking just sweat, sweat just coming down his face and he just constantly like like Brian was doing just blinking and like winking sweat out of his and, eyes. Uh, I assume they had to airlift him to the <laughs> because yeah the the car the squad car was scraping the <laughs> yeah. pavement uh, right. Um, so yeah, so after this incident, uh, Incognito went involuntarily to a mental health facility. Seventy-two hour cycle or whatever. Right. Yeah. On October nineteenth, two thousand eighteen, Incognito tweeted out that his father had passed away the previous day. The next day, Incognito went to Scottsdale Funeral Home, where workers were preparing his father's body. Mm-hmm. Incognito began yelling and threatening workers to show them his father's body because, quote, he wanted his father's head for research purposes. End you- quote. Did you hear that? Yeah. Go ahead and read that again Let's real quick. Again. Incognito showed up and he wanted uh, the workers to show them his father's body because, quote, he wanted his father's head cut off for research purposes. Ah. End quote. I want my dad's head cut off for research purposes. My dead dad's head. Well, he doesn't want it cut off. He just needs it. He needs it. <laughs> no, he does want it cut off. Well, he, he because needs he it. Because he needs it. It necessitates the he head He doesn't have room off. in his closet for the whole body. The whole body. No, no, he he just, needs he just the head. really just needs the head, yeah. Witnesses told police that Incognito was supposed to just show up and sign cremation papers, but he was unwilling to co- <laughs> cooperate initially. That's the best part is he's just supposed to show up and sign five papers. Uh-huh. Just basically just uh-huh. say, yeah, this, these are your dad wishes to be cremated. Uh-huh. Great. Yeah. Do that. And which one of these papers uh, cuts my dad's head <laughs> off for research purposes? <laughs> oh, that's a sixth page. <laughs> Never mind. I'm going to freak out. So again, he was unwilling to cooperate initially. He then proceeded to walk through the funeral home, punching caskets and throwing things around. After, with him. after making himself comfortable in the office of one of the victims, one of the people working there, Incognito decided he wanted to buy flowers for the funeral and everything they had and everything they had in the in the funeral home before offering them his credit card, just giving it to them. Apparently, Incognito had changed his mind and wanted his father buried rather than cremated. Sure. As you as you do, <laughs> spur of the moment. Yeah, that's fine. He's allowed <laughs> to make that change of heart. Right. Uh, Incognito eventually picked out a military casket. Again, he just posted up in the uh-huh. in the director's office. Uh-huh, okay, uh-huh. Uh, I'm sorry. Can we clarify? Does he want the head buried with the body <laughs> at this point, or does no, he no, still no, want no, the no. Head? I, think he, I think he wanted to take it with him. He's going to take it with him. He's got pickle jars saved up. Uh-huh. He's going to split the head uh-huh. into little shards of pickles. Pickle size. Right. Yeah, yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, he picked out a military casket, but workers became increasingly worried when Incognito picked up an urn and smashed it on said casket. Uh, now they're worried. Yeah. At various points of his time at the funeral home, he threatened to return to his car, get guns out of the car, and shoot employees of the funeral home if they didn't allow him access to the proceedings and his father's body. Mm-hmm. That's the one part that's not funny. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> Is yeah. After allegedly throwing pamphlets and patches from inside the casket, so he went in, he laid down in the casket uh-huh. and was throwing shit out of the casket. Uh-huh. Like a child would. Uh-huh. It's nap time. Right. Incognito break, broke down while asking for his father and began crying. When Incognito was alone with Michael Wells, an employee at the funeral home, Wells stated Incognito formed a gun with his fingers, pointed at him, and said he had guns in his truck if he wanted to see. Hey, I got guns in my truck if you want to see them. After he just got done freaking yeah. out, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> The police report indicates that Wells was visibly, visibly shaking and thought Incognito was actually going to kill him. Yes. After obtaining a search warrant, police recovered a tan Glock 17 9mm handgun, a black Glock 35 40 caliber handgun, Three rifles, four magazines from Incognito's Ford Raptor truck. Uh-huh. How cool is he, though? He's got a Ford Raptor. Dude, the Raptor right? is a pretty cool truck. Yeah. Pretty, pretty sweet. Again, like I told Brian, the video available is available of his arrest, and you guessed it, it's bizarre. 
He repeatedly states he would never hurt anyone or nor would he hurt himself. He thanks the police officers multiple times for their service. He's stumbling over words and is at times totally incoherent. Uh-huh. Uh, do the police officers know that he has guns and they can see them? Uh, this, or, th- yeah, this happened. Yeah, a little bit. I, I see. I see. Uh, <laughs> richly, uh, and then ultimately he asks slash tells an officer to put a hand on his back and pray over him. Mm. Richie ultimately appears just as confused as the officers about the whole incident. Like that's what <laughs> the whole, like the whole time he's like, what, why would I do that? I didn't say anything like that. Mm-hmm. Incognito was charged with disorderly conduct and making threats. In later interviews, Incognito said he hadn't slept in days and was high on marijuana and he was drunk. Mm-hmm. So again, blaming marijuana and drinking as yeah. this whole, as well, the sole reason why this happened. That's what pot makes you do is sweat profusely and threaten everyone, everyone Correct. around you. So in since this whole incident, which just happened like less than a year in and a half, October ago, you said right of two, that's two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Uh, Incognito has gone on a lengthy interview tour with folks like Sports Illustrated, ESPN, NFL.com, Colin Cowherd, other people. Uh, apparently, understanding his past issues and what he needs to do get, do to get better. On May twenty eighth, two thousand nineteen, Incognito signed with the then Oakland Raiders, and on July twelfth, two thousand nineteen, the NFL suspended Incognito for two games for violating the league's personal conduct policy stemming from the previous year's incident at the funeral home in Arizona. So okay. it uh, j- to clarify, it is against the league's conduct policy to uh-huh. threaten to kill people, multiple people, uh-huh. Uh-huh. as long as you're thanking the officers for their service. It's, it's only two games. Sure. But so mm-hmm. when he was at the funeral home, yes. was he, he was not on a team. No, he Correct. was technically he retired. Was a guy, yes. just a dude on just the street. Just a man. Six okay. foot three, two, 320 pounds. Yeah. Running around, punching who's, caskets. Who's and able shit. to throw dumbbells <laughs> across a gym. Yes. Sure. Indeed. So after the suspension, he was reinstated from that, from that on September 16th, and the Raiders were given a roster exemption for him. He was placed on the active roster the next day. And on December 30th, 2019... That's two months ago. Uh-huh. The Raiders signed Incognito to a two-year, $14 million extension. Yeah, fuck the Raiders. Okay. When discussing his past demons, Incognito has said that one of his biggest biggest issues was a refusal to accept blame. Quote, pretty much every facet of my life was in turmoil, and I was basically waging war against myself at that time. I didn't realize that the battle was within me. It was a lot easier to blame everybody else, and it was a lot easier to be mad at everyone else and not be mad at myself. I placed blame anywhere, anywhere blame could be placed. It was a coward's way out, end quote. To wrap this whole thing up, Here's hoping Richie Incognito has truly received mental health help and accepted accountability for his actions. Currently, Richie is active in an anti-bullying campaign. In a news release uh, released in July 2018 by Boo to Bullying, uh, Incognito called bullying a national crisis and the cause aligned with his own values and adding, I can personally relate to it from both sides, being bullied and being accused of bullying. Real quick, I fucking hate that he said accused of bullying. Right? You know exactly what yeah. you did. Um, and just as a note to wrap this whole thing up, uh, Richie Incognito is a massive supporter of Donald Trump and a very outspoken Republican. Not that it, why, why would that, uh, it's definitely correlation for sure. And that is the crazy tale of Mr. Richard Dominic Incognito and Jr. And he's still playing for the Raiders. Yeah. Two year extension signed in December. Let me ask you something. Yeah. Let me ask you something. Uh-huh. Do you think this man should be in the NFL? <sighs> Do you think this man should be, because again, NFL teams are publicly, Funded, I mean, to an extent, to they're an not. Extent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we yeah. don't pay their salaries, but you know, to an extent, there's public funds that go into NFL teams. Uh-huh. Do you think this man 
We'll call him, man. Do you think Little Dicky <laughs> should be in this in the NFL? Okay. So my my thought is like that. So what I want to hear from you guys first before I answer that question. How genuine does his does his remorse seem I to be? Yeah. I honestly think because last year he had a pretty good year with the Raiders. Like he he's ranked a like a good football on, year. A good football okay, year. And fine. he had no incidences last year of any type of weird shit going on. Okay. Any like, you know, crazy shit on the field. He was actually like a good player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um on and off the field. On and off the field. Okay. He was actually I looked it up this morning on PFF that aggregate uh-huh. like, uh, thing. He was rated at 75 out of 100 for last season. He's a great at yeah. 30. Talent was never in question. At mid, right. at, he, I think he's like 36, 37 now. He is still a phenomenal football player. Okay. Um, when it comes to like remorse, I think it's interesting because I think he has a clear pattern of like this up and down behavior that like yeah. to me, and again, this is not like a clinical anything like that. He looks bipolar. He sounds bipolar. Yeah. He sounds like he has severe psych issues that like, again, I'm, to blame it on that is not appropriate because that kind of shit people just ride the wave. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you can, so, you can, you can have that be the cause of the issue correct. while not placing blame right. on it. So for a guy like this to live his whole life like with bipolar issues, with deep-seated anger issues, yeah. being told at home his entire life to beat the shit out of anyone who talks back to you. Don't, yeah. don't take any shit. Don't That's take any Dickie. shit. I think this dude doesn't know exactly what remorse is. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's probably got some bits of sociopath. I think in he. There a I think. He, I, yeah. I think like most football players, most businessmen are narcissists and sociopaths yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah. So I think he has a little bit of that. But if he is truly like medicated, like he says he is, and like he goes and it looks to be like he goes up and down off those meds, which is like kind of what these waves show. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, ideally, he is medicated and appropriate and has good help. Because, you know I, mean? I, I mean, it sounds to me like if if this is somebody who's legitimately remorseful from what they did and they're they are going out there if he is going out there and he's saying i did this stuff and it was horrible and i want to teach kids that this is not the way to be in the future especially if he's going out there and saying that this is a problem in our sport as a whole yeah then yeah sure he can have a second shot in the nfl the biggest uh the biggest complaint that i have with him getting a second again. I'm all we're all four second shots here. Debates on tap approved. Like we talked earlier, it's not even yeah. second chance. It's like it's tenth, yeah, eleventh true. Right. <laughs> but as long as you change, you can get the first chance after that. Right. right. The biggest problem I have with this, and Brendan knows this, of course, right. is that Colin Kaepernick, a quarterback, ex quarterback in the NFL, yeah, went to a Super Bowl, led led the 49ers to a Super Bowl in 2013, 2000. Yeah, it was not that long ago. Not that long ago. Uh, can still play, can still throw the ball. Um, was essentially blackballed from the NFL for kneeling during the anthem. Yeah. And again, so his this, whole, just to cut in real fast, yeah. his whole like reason for kneeling was to, for like social change, yeah. police brutality. He has a platform. He's on national Correct. television yeah. every week. He yeah. can use that platform, right. which that's what it is. It's not about him personally. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's about him getting the issue out to other people. Right. Cause even people who don't know, why is he kneeling? You Google it. Oh, that's, that's right. Our society's this fucked up. Great. Now I know that. Right. He has been essentially blackballed and not allowed back in the NFL. He's done quote-unquote tryouts, things like that. No one has taken a chance on him, yet they're willing to take a chance on a man who has threatened to kill people, all all these horrible things. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't know this, Colin Kaepernick is black, if that that wasn't clear. Right. I mean, yes. The the Kaepernick (laughs) situation is shitty. Unfortunately, Kaepernick is not Richie Incognito. 
And you have to take those situations. Like, I mean, saying that Richie Incognito doesn't deserve a second chance because Colin Kaepernick isn't getting one is not. No, no, no. I'm all I'm saying is that it, it's proof that the NFL is business. That, that oh yeah, L- Richie, right. that Lil Dicky's worth however X amount of money of to paying him, and he's worth the risk of taking him on. Versus the well, he, negative right. publicity of of someone like yeah. Right, well, right. he's an offensive lineman, and you know Colin Ka- Kaepernick is a quarterback. So right. He was very much more in the public light, yep. obviously, basically, but than incognito was. But yeah. Hey, big thanks to Brendan for <laughs> yeah. doing the research, writing this up. Yeah, this was fun. A lot of great stuff. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you got some knowledge out of it. Honestly, go watch any of the videos we referenced because they're all yeah. equally uh, obscene and absurd, and, and it's crazy. It's crazy. I, Fargus, I hope you enjoyed it. I did. I mean, that, that shit is nuts. <laughs> yeah. But I hope everyone takes away from this that if you are having issues, oh yeah, do go, something about go it. Go get help. Go get help. It's not, it's not a weakness to ask somebody nope. for help. Mental health is not a weakness. Go get help. Yeah, well, 100%. Just... All, all it is is just just talking to somebody, yeah. and and they they give you advice, and that's it. Advice is a good thing. It is. Call them a coach for the football game in your head, and you can talk to us on email at <laughs> debates on fans at gmail Twitter at debates on tap, pictures on Instagram at debates on pictures. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next time. Bye.